0: boys and Ezekiel Elliott have agreed to a six-year, $90 million contract extension. The deal includes a $50 million guarantee. His $15 million annual salary surpasses Todd Gurley's previous league high mark at $14.375 million per year. Also in the NFL, Coach Freddie Kitchens of the Cleveland Browns confirmed Odell Beckham is in fact, quote, ready to go for week one against the Titans. He's been dealing with a hit pointer. In Major League Baseball, Nationals outfielder Juan Soto is undergoing x-rays on his right elbow after getting hit by a pitch in Tuesday's comeback win over the New York Mets. Astros general manager Jeff Lanao said Wednesday morning that George Springer could need a day or two to come back. All of the initial tests on Springer's head and neck have yielded encouraging results. Per Lanao, Springer hit his head while making a diving catch in the outfield. I'm Dan Straffer, and this has been your Fantasy Sports Radio Network news update.
1: Stay tuned to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network for more updates at the top of every hour. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. fantasy. Full-time fantasy. It is
2: full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis, solo here for the final hour, taking you until 4 p.m. Eastern as we do each and every weekday. You can always listen to the show live 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern or catch it on demand anytime you want. Just go to your Podcast search for full-time fantasy hit subscribe you'll be notified whenever a new episode is load, uploaded you can follow me on twitter at adam ronis on the gram at aaron 88 be posting some pictures from vegas this weekend be out there for the fantasy football world Championship. so uh, will be a lot of fun so if you're there come say what's up we'll have a drink watch some football hang out really good time here to kick off the opening weekend of the nfl season There are people who are still drafting, so we have you covered. You can head on over to FullTimeFantasy.com. Use the promo code RONUS50. Get your first two months for the price of one. Made some more updates in my rankings, so you can check those out. Remember, there are people who do draft all the way up until Saturday night, uh, even after seeing the results of the Thursday night game. Uh, A lot of the high-stakes leagues do that, including the Fantasy Football World Championship. So you can still draft sometimes. You have buyer's remorse at this time where you go man i kind of wish i had this guy on that team uh, i don't have them, bow here's your opportunity to jump in a draft and get those players that you want and when you play in a lot of leagues you know i, I will do that from time to time i mean obviously we have the key guys that we like and you're going to get them on the majority of your teams but especially when you're picking mid to late first round as we were discussing earlier with those wide receivers Like I think it's really close between a lot of those guys, the Julio Jones, Odell Beckham, Juju Smith-Schuster, Tyree Kill, Hopkins, Adams. Like I think it's really close between all of them, and uh, I've gotten uh, several of those guys in different drafts. So if you missed out and maybe you feel that one of those guys is going to explode and you just were in a draft where you didn't get them and you didn't reach far enough, well, here's your opportunity. Play FFWC.com drafts all the way up until saturday night last one 11 p.m eastern 8 p.m pacific so uh jump in there i'll be drafting saturday in vegas the beat adam ronis online championship uh, as we do that every year uh that is sold out obviously but will be a lot of fun and i'll uh see if i can post those results for you guys for those that are interested maybe some of you don't care but if you're already done drafting and you're getting ready for week one we have you covered there as well The week one projections from Sean Childs are out, so you can check those out now. We also have you covered with DFS. You can, you know, go to uh, the DFS part on the site. There's an optimizer, Slack chat leading up to lineup lock. And of course, if you have any specific questions, you could ask them on the message boards and the forums, and we'll try to answer them as quickly as possible. You may get a little bit of a delay from me this weekend since I will be in Vegas, but I will be there Sunday morning. Getting up nice and early, making that adjustment on the three hour difference there. It's just, it's a lot different. You know, people have told me how great it is to watch football on the West Coast because you get done with everything early and you can still do things at night. But man, that 10 a.m. kickoff is just a lot different for me. Got to get up a little bit earlier and you know i'm a night owl so i like to sleep a little bit but hey i'm in vegas no complaints there it's just going to be a little bit uh different so we will be there sunday morning answering those questions uh leading up to lineup lock, uh as everybody has those crucial start sit decisions and uh still you know obviously have to wait on the injury reports for several teams there could be new information that happens on by sunday so you always want to Make the decision with the latest uh, information that you have, and we'll be there to help you guys out. I think week one, for the most part, is pretty upfront. For the most part, you know you're going to draft uh, play most of your players that you drafted early, but you know there are some leagues where I have depth, and maybe I have some questions the running back position where I have to make some tough decisions as well. So not everything is always clear cut, especially if you use our tools you probably have a really sick team and you do have to decide between some really really good players so uh we are there to help you out and if you still have a draft you can always use our customized rankings as well where you just put in your league stats parameters and it'll give you uh, the uh cheat sheet specifically catered to your league obviously you know the we know that Ezekiel elliott will be there for week one it's a matter of how many snaps will he play? The report is originally 20 to 25, but you have to be careful with that because what if he goes out there, he looks good, he's not sucking air, It's a close game. Uh, they'll probably ride him. So I think if you have Zeke, you're probably playing him. I mean, how many teams don't have uh, you know have a better options? I just can't envision it. So you know I was asking people on Twitter, how you know, where's the latest they seen Zeke go and did see one where he went 20th overall, which is kind of crazy. One high dollar league, he went twelfth. And you know, you can understand that. And that was like a week or two ago. So the timing of it is everything. He still went fourth, fifth, and a lot of high-stakes drafts uh leading up to the season. And you can understand why. I think we all knew at some point that he was more than likely going to be there week one. I just never really thought he was going to miss games up until maybe this past week. And I was like, okay, maybe. But then, you know, you kind of read the tea leaves and it was basically say, yeah, he's going to go. So, you know, like the last 10 drafts, Zeke's gone as early as two and as late as eight. And I completely understand taking him at two. I really do. I mean, you know, maybe he gets off to a little bit of a slow start. And they ease him in week one or week two. But you're not worried about that. You're worried about the long run. You're worried about the playoffs and winning, you know, getting to the championship. And the one thing we've seen with Zeke is they are going to give him a big workload. And I, I'm, he's going to get more touchdowns this year. I cannot believe he only had nine touchdowns last year in 15 games. And I know people are going to say, well, Dak Prescott. Yeah, Prescott had six rushing touchdowns. And he has had six rushing touchdowns in each of his first three seasons. But uh, I just got to think that. You know, positive touchdown regression here, and a big part of that too was the Cowboys really struggled in the red zone. They moved the football at will up and down the field. Trust me, I watch every Cowboys fan a game as a fan, and they just would move the ball, and then all of a sudden stumble in the red zone. Uh, and I think that will change a little bit. You got the full season of Amari Cooper, the development of Michael Gallup, Randall Cobb, Jason Witten's back. Not that he's going to be big for fantasy, but just being on the field. So I think Zeke. Can easily have a, a 12 to 14 touchdown season. Remember, as a he had 15 touchdowns, and even in the year with the suspension, he played 10 games. He he had a ton of. Uh uh, touches in that so you're looking at someone that's going to get 350 touches in that vicinity and that's why you can easily make a case for him going in the top two maybe the receptions come down a little bit because they do incorporate tony powell a little bit more but he should still get 50 to 60 maybe not the 77 we saw last year lots more ahead as we continue we'll give you some latest news on some players missing practice this is full-time fantasy here on the fantasy sports radio network It is Full-Time Fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern, getting you set for week one. You can check out fulltimefantasy.com. Use the promo code RONIS50. Get your first two months for the price of one. This will take you through the regular season. You can see all the content we do. Also, be contributing to sportsillustratedsi.com slash fantasy as well. And any specific questions you have, you can ask them on the message boards and the forums. And it's not too late to draft either. Play FFWC.com drafts up until Saturday night at 11 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we'll have Fantasy Taz coming up at 340, 3.40 p.m. Eastern as we will preview the games on Sunday with him. And uh, some news here. Cam Newton not listed on the injury report for Carolina Head coach Ron Rivera said there's no reason to hold Newton back on Sunday. He feels good about the work that he has done. So really good sign there for Cam Newton, who is a quarterback that I like going into the year. And we did see him start to uh, drop a little bit in drafts, but he still has been going as a top seven quarterback on average in recent drafts. And You could understand why. Whenever Cam Newton has been healthy, he's usually in the top five discussion by the end of the year in fantasy. Now, a lot of it is derived from the run game. He has not been a pass-heavy guy. And with this mid-foot spread, you wonder, does he limit the running early on? It's one thing for Rivera to say he's going to be fine and not limited. But maybe they say, hey, take it easy. Do not run unless you have to. But I feel good about this Panthers outfits. I think this is the best array of weapons he's had. He has two dynamic receivers in DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel, who can do so much after the pass. Just get the ball in their hands. You got Christian McCaffrey coming out of the backfield. And Newton has also said his shoulder feels really good, that he was playing in a lot of pain. And finally, he doesn't have that pain. So I am absolutely fine with Cam Newton as my quarterback. And, I know I do have him in one of the beat Adam Ronis leagues. I got him in Dak. So uh, Cam going against the Rams this week, I think that's going to be a, a very competitive game. So if you have Cam Newton, I don't think you have to worry about him. They he'll be fine. One interesting thing of note here for the Colts is Paris Campbell. You know, I think we were a little bit concerned about what his workload would be early in the season. And of course, no Andrew Luck and Jacoby Brissett being the quarterback. Because Campbell was someone that I was really looking at, you know, rounds ten to twelve in drafts. So I've dropped him a little bit, and I do have him in a couple of early drafts. I haven't really been getting him recently. Uh, his price dropped a little bit, but not too much. well. Oh, actually, yeah, it has dropped a lot in recent online championships. I I still think he's someone to look at late. Uh, again, I think the Colts' offense—it's obvious they take a hit without Andrew Luck, but I don't know if it's going to be as horrific as some people make it seem with jacoby brissett i don't think you can take what he did two years ago as an accurate gauge of who he is as a quarterback you have to remember he was traded i think it was september 2nd two years ago right when the season began so he was thrown into the fire didn't have a training camp or an off season to work with the team it was offensive line was not as good as it was now he was sacked 52 times that year didn't have the weapons that he had now. It's a completely different team. It's a different coaching staff. Obviously, they just signed Brissett to a two year deal. So I think we need to see what he can do, but it's it's a better spot where he's had the entire offseason. He's obviously been the quarterback in training camp because Luck wasn't practicing anyway before his retirement. So Yes, I understand why you're downgrading the offense. It's obvious, but Paris Campbell is still very cheap in drafts. And Zach Kiefer, who covers the team, said, Don't expect a limited workload for Colts receiver Campbell against the Chargers, that the hamstring is fine. And, you know, he looked good in that last preseason game. And Frank Reich has been impressed at how quickly he's picked up the scheme. I think he's going to be good. I really do. So I think you can get him pretty cheap in drafts right now. And, you take that shot late because again if it doesn't work out it's not a big deal if you see that Brissett is struggling the offense doesn't look good or Campbell's not playing enough snaps I would give it a few weeks but yeah if you can I would hold on to him Uh, so I still still like him Uh, and again he has really fallen big time in some of the recent drafts and uh, I would not uh, completely give up on him just yet there is some concern here is Stefan Diggs uh, was not practicing on Wednesday, They said he was on the field, but he was the only Vikings player not in uniform when the media was present. So he did participate in stretching and light individual drills, but something that you have to keep an eye on. And I don't know, it feels like we kind of go through this every year with Stefan Diggs. Like it's always, he's always dealing with something. And, um, you know, it's definitely something that you have to be a little bit concerned about and it's something we'll, we'll, we'll follow here. But when he has been on the field, he's been pretty good. Although when he is on the injury part, he tends to struggle even when uh, he suits up. So Diggs is someone that, you know, generally going in the third round at this point and him and Thielen pretty much go close. I did see a draft uh, I was in where he went late third round. I think some of the concern people have for the Vikings is they might not pass as much. But even if that is true and they want to run the football more, I mean, where's the ball going? It's Diggs and Thielen for the most part. And Dalvin Cook will get some targets and Rudolph a little bit. But they don't have that third receiver. So they're still both going to put up, I think, excellent numbers. And Diggs does have an ADP of 27. Thielen is 24. So early third round. And part of that could be some of the question marks of receivers. But last year, Diggs had a career high, 149 targets uh, in 15 games. So he has missed games. I mean, if you look at his career, it's 13, 13, 14, 15. Uh, But last year, 102 receptions, 1,021 yards. That's the thing, only 10 yards per, a little, you know, about 10 yards per reception there and um, had the nine touchdowns, which was a career high. He had eight two years ago. So, you know, it was also the first year with Cousins. And uh, we'll just have to, it could be nothing, but it's definitely something to pay attention to because I'm sure a lot of people were locking in Diggs this week and say, all right, no problem. He's good to go. So just kind of have to wait and see uh, exactly what, if there is any issue at all uh, at this point for uh, Diggs. Um, Jordan Reed is in the league's concussion protocol. Still, they're hoping that he can do something and hopefully gain clearance by Sunday. Obviously, Reed is someone that comes with a lot of risk, and I only drafted him in one league recently, like as the twenty second, twenty third tight end off the board. Don't even feel good about it, but he just really fell and kind of waited there on the second tight end. There was a point Jordan Reed was going as the tenth. Eleven tight end off the board and I know I talked about a draft a couple weeks ago and I was like I cannot believe someone took Jordan Reed like around nine or ten it's just I don't see how you could and it's easy to say well yeah you're saying that after the fact no it's just this guy and I've always liked Jordan Reed he's a guy that I've drafted in the past and you can make a case that the price was cheaper this year than ever but at the same time You know, he had toe injuries, hamstring knee, and concussion. Seventh concussion. That's a big deal. I'm actually surprised that someone hasn't talked to Reed and said, you know what, do you really – you need to think about this. You have to think about your future. But, you know, Reed has just really fallen in drafts. And, you know, you want to make a case taking him as your tight end, too? It's fine because he's so cheap right now. You know, if you're still drafting, he's the tight end 20 off the board, ADP of 179 in the Fantasy Football World Championship. But it also depends who your first tight end is because – you know, you can't take a risky one uh, because you, you might not have replay in week one. Uh, and Vernon Davis would would start then, even though it's a tough matchup. I don't think you would use Davis uh, against the Eagles, who, with Malcolm Jenkins, have been really stingy uh, against the tight end. So I don't I don't think that's a, a path you want to go. You know, there was some concern a week or so ago with Robbie Anderson, but it looks like he's good to go. He's been practicing. With uh, He had a calf issue, so... He does have a a tough matchup here against the Bills, and that secondary. He'll probably see a lot of Tredavious White, and that's one thing. Robbie Anderson, on paper, has a lot of tough matchups to begin the season against some really, really good cornerbacks. So it's definitely something to keep in mind. But the thing is, a guy like Robbie Anderson has that speed. You know, Maybe he doesn't have the volume, but he can make it up with one big play. He can easily get behind a defender and pick up a 40 to 50-yard touchdown, uh, which is why it at least puts him in the conversation as a wide receiver three for the week. Lots more ahead as we continue. We'll have Fantasy Taz coming up at 3.40 p.m. Eastern to preview the games on Sunday. We'll go over any more news going on across the NFL. It is full-time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
1: You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge.
2: Back here, it is full time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Week one almost here. Still some drafts, though. A lot of people love to draft, there's still an opportunity. Up until Saturday night, 11 p.m. Eastern, head on over to playffwc.com. Obviously, live drafting in Vegas this weekend at the Palms. I'll be out there. So, come say what's up if we haven't met before. No, I've met a lot of people who have been out there, but we're all running all over the place. So, don't get to see everyone, but I'll be out there. So, come say what's up. And if you can't make it, make sure you try and arrange to get there next year. It's definitely a fun event. Ask anyone who has been there, uh, they will say, the same thing it's always good and it is a good group of people we have a lot of fun hang out and of course clash at the draft table we all want to beat each other's brains in get that money Uh, but if you can't make it still opportunity to draft online all the way up until saturday night And if you need any of those tools you can head on over to fulltimefantasy.com and Use the promo code RONAS50 to get your first two months for the price of one. We got rankings, week one projections. And, of course, uh, we'll have a ton of articles up throughout the week, waiver wire pickups, stock watch, DFS articles, just tons of great content uh, from people who have won and done very well. And, you know, that's the thing. There's a lot of information out there. Don't get me wrong. uh, But a lot of people don't have success in their leagues. And you could look at the people here on the staff, and we've all had a lot of success, so make sure you join us, and uh, we'll have you covered. You can ask your questions on the message board in the forums, and we'll take care of you. Dolphins list Kenyon Drake as the starting running back on their unofficial week one depth chart. Now, keep in mind these depth charts really don't mean much, but I mean it's not a surprise. I mean, Kalen Bullock looked terrible in the preseason, and you know it'll probably still be a split. I mean, I think you will see Balaj We've seen that uh, everywhere he's been, teams have been reluctant to give Kenyon drake a full workload but he's way better in the past game and you got to think miami's playing from behind this year a lot which means drake is on the field a little bit more so uh drake you know i think in maybe casual leagues fell a little bit but uh he's adp of 86 in the fantasy football world championships which is about fair because again it's not a great offense. You don't want to invest in too many bad offenses. Obviously, the stats have to come from somewhere, but there could be some weeks where the offense is just abysmal and can't move the football. Could be one of those weeks against Baltimore. I know Miami's at home, and Baltimore has undergone a lot of changes on defense, but uh, it's not shaping up to be a great year for Miami. Uh, but Drake, again, he's not going to be someone you are confident starting every single week. It's just not the case. But clearly, uh Better talent than uh, Bellage, uh for sure. Uh, Matt Breida is listed as number one on the depth chart for San Francisco, although the preseason usually showed it's more towards Coleman. But either way, you know, this could be a real close split. And Breida is someone I am invested in very, very heavily. So I need him to come through. Look, Breida was very good last year. Now he did get banked up a lot. That is a concern. And I don't think he's going to hold up over a full workload, which is why you want to compliment like Tevin Coleman. And Breida's price has really gone up, man. Again, another lesson. There are going to be people. There's always a split on the drafting, early drafting, late crowd. And again, I mix it up. I mean, if you have one big league, yeah, you probably don't want to do it in July or early August. But if you play at multiple leagues, which I'm sure many of you do. Being the hardcore fanatics that you are, I think you do want to get a couple early because you can get good value. Of course, there's the flip side where if you took Andrew Luck and he's retired, Lamar Miller torn his ACL. Not that I had any of those guys, but it could happen to someone really good. We've seen it before. You know, Julian Edelman a couple of years ago in the preseason. So it can happen at any point. But on the flip side, you can get really good value. I mean, Matt Breida was doubled your rounds. A couple months ago because you know jarek mckinnon and tevin coleman so you're like ah he could be third on the depth chart that's a problem and obviously mckinnon going on ir opens it up rita's adp right now 79 now another guy was skyrocketed who i'm not buying into is emmanuel sanders You know, he was going to the double digit rounds his adp is now 80. i know he looked great coming off that achilles tear but uh i'm not going to take him in that range so Yeah, there's a lot of guys where the value shifts tremendously and you get bargains. And, you know, other times you are going to be uh, at a loss. And uh, so, again, like anything, there's positives. There are negatives. Uh, Nick Foles was listed on the Jaguars uh, injury report um, with some soreness in his abdomen from last week. But it doesn't seem to be a concern. looks like he's going to play. And, you know, he might be a real... um, real uh dart uh you know deep deep play this week uh if you think that this game uh can stay competitive and you know jacksonville could be passing quite a bit so definitely they're playing Kansas city interested to see that game this week uh because i want to see how Foles uh fits in here with this jacksonville offense and if he can give it a boost because we all know that uh they were close to the Super Bowl a couple years ago with Blake Bortles at quarterback. And really the key is, can the defense turn it around? They really struggled last year. But Foles is not a bad streaming option this week in deeper formats. Uh, You know, maybe you lost Andrew Locke and some teams took three quarterbacks. Foles could be out there on the waiver wire. Again, I'm not endorsing him as someone that you have to play this week. But uh, you remember that Jacksonville had some issues in the offensive line last year. It looks healthy now. And this should be a game where, they're going to have to pass. If you think that Kansas City is going to put up points, you know, this could be a back-and-forth affair or at least Jacksonville chasing points here. And, you know, remember the Chiefs allow a lot of plays per game. I think that's the big key. We know that the Chiefs are exposed so they score a lot, but it also means that the opponent runs a lot of plays, and that matters. Now, will the Kansas City defense change this year? You know, they did make a couple of additions. Maybe. I actually like their defense for fantasy because for what I just mentioned, last year the Chiefs allowed the second most plays per game. What does that mean? The defense is on the field more, more opportunity for sacks, turnovers, interceptions. So it also depends on your scoring system. You know, if your yards matter, but most don't. It's usually turnovers for defense. So you could even have a bad defense that actually can be good for fantasy. And if the Chiefs' defense is facing a lot of plays, it's more opportunities to accumulate those sacks, interceptions, and turnovers. So He's someone you could look at. Matthew Stafford too. I uh, mentioned that if there's any week that you're going to use Matthew Stafford, it's this week against Arizona. That is such a bad defense right now. It is brutal. Remember, Patrick Peterson's not there. They're really banged up in the secondary. They have a bunch of guys that don't have a lot of experience, and especially if Arizona is able to impose their will and play that air raid up-temporal offense, you know it could mean more plays for the Lions, who you know do have. Uh, a pretty solid offensive line. And remember, Stafford was playing with a back injury last year. So and there's not a lot of weeks we're going to talk about Matthew Stafford as a play, only because that offense is going to be slow-paced and run the ball a lot. I remember like the Lions were always the first team to finish last year. It'd be like 345, Lions game is over, because they just played that boring, run, slow-paced offense. But uh, if arizona is able to run what they want to do and they do play that high pace and they are able to score it could force detroit into more offensive plays this week so it's something to keep an eye on you know i I, you know the waiver wire article is always tricky to write because every league is different and you know i always yeah it was an article on sports illustrated this week and it's so funny like oh that guy was taken in my league and then i go deep and put it Guys in that aren't even drafting a lot of leagues, so I try to cover all bases. You know, I play in a lot of deep leagues, so I understand the waiver wires are very thin. But you have to—it's—we have to cover everybody. There are people that play in 10 team leagues, so you know, try to space it out for everyone. But it can be tough because I was actually surprised when I was doing the research that Justin Jackson is owning thirty-three percent of Yahoo leagues. Why? Like, you know, Melvin Gordon's not playing this week, and he might not play for a while, but like Justin Jackson is going to have a role in this offense. They're not giving Eckler 25 touches, and yes, in the high-stakes leagues, for those listening, we all know Justin Jackson is drafted and goes early. Well, not early, but ADP of 99 right now. But there are leagues out there, as I mentioned, uh, in Yahoo where he is available, and I don't see how that's possible. I'm only in one Yahoo league this year, and I drafted Justin Jackson in that league. So I guess... I don't even remember where the ADP is, the Q, the rankings. Uh, maybe he was buried, but you know, he is going to see some time. Uh, he's probably going to split with Eckler. I know Eckler is going to get most of the passing down work, but you know Jackson could get some goal line looks. As I said before, though, with Melvin Gordon being out, I think it helps Hunter Henry and Mike Williams. I just feel like when they get near the goal line... They're going to pass more. you got a huge target in Mike Williams and a tight end in Hunter Henry. With Gordon being out, you know Gordon got a lot of rushing touchdowns. I don't see them calling it the same way with Eckler and Jackson as the running backs. I think they go a little bit more to the pass. Really good news, in my opinion. We'll see if it pans out for Mike Williams and Hunter Henry. And I do have quite a bit of Mike Williams and a little bit of Hunter Henry as well. But uh, that's something to keep in mind there. Uh, Gio Bernard, you know, just got a two-year, $10.3 million contract, which it's kind of weird um, because I think we all felt that Joe Mixon was going to get the bulk of the workload. And, you know, they really didn't use Bernard much last year, but certainly someone that you can roster as well. We've seen when Bernard got the opportunity in the past last year to miss games with Joe Mixon. Uh, He performed well. Remember, A.J. Green is not out there. Maybe that's where they use Bernard a little bit. Maybe they use him a little bit in a slot. Maybe they just throw to him out of the backfield. That could be the case because um, they're really thin there at the wide receiver position right now. So maybe that's something that could happen. Uh, Darry Ogunbowale was a big free agent pickup in the leagues that already ran fab. He started to go in drafts over the last couple weeks. I took him in a draft and uh, a few drafts already uh, pretty late. But uh, I don't think the public is aware of him. His ADP is 143 in the FFWC. And he looks to be the third down back pass catching back right now for the Bucks. I could easily see him surpassing Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones. So that's a guy to take a look at on the waiver wire. When we return, I'll be joined by Fantasy as We'll preview the games on Sunday. That's ahead here on Full-Time Fantasy. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis getting you ready for week one of the NFL season. And who better to do that than the energetic fantasy Taz from ffchamps.com. Taz, what's going on?
3: Hey, man. Thanks for having me on again, Andy. And Adam, damn it. For some reason lately, I've been wanting to call you Andy. And I don't even know an Andy. I have no idea why.
2: (laughs) Yeah, no one's called me Andy. I would take more offense if it was a female that called me Andy, because then I'd be like, wait a second, what's going on here? Who you have been with? What is on your mind? But from you, I can accept it. We're all stressed out. For real, like, honestly, like, I was thinking about this. Like, I've been real stressed lately, and... People will laugh. They'll be like, oh, you guys do fantasy football. It's fun. I'm not saying it's not. It's just that this time of year, there's so much between drafts, rankings, articles. There's a lot going on for all of us right now. And it's just like we kind of want to get into – I want to get into that routine of the season starting. And uh, I can hear, sense it in your voice, too. You've been putting in a lot of work. And uh, we're, we're just trying to get through this period here.
3: Yeah, just get us past week one where everything starts to – normalize a little bit and then it's fun the first week is always a bear
2: it is because like i'm still doing drafts i have a draft on saturday so we're still drafting and then at the same time it's like oh wait now i gotta send my week one lineups gotta go through waivers like it's crazy
3: it is crazy yeah never-ending cycle right now so hopefully as we get into week two it'll calm down and normalize and we'll be good but right now it's just a big cluster
2: It is, but we're still here to help you guys, and we're going to look at some games on Sunday. Uh, We looked at some uh, on yesterday's show. You could check that out on demand. But Redskins-Eagles on Sunday in Philadelphia. Eagles favored by 10. It's a divisional game, but we know the Redskins have a lot of question marks here. Is there anyone you could play on the Redskins? I know Darius Geis had the good preseason game, and people have been getting excited about him. And Gruden came out and said, oh, we drafted him to be a three-down back. But Chris Thompson's there. Adrian Peterson's there. Can you use Geis here in week one? Because if you look, if you go by the spread, it looks like a script where the Redskins are playing from behind. And can we trust that Geis is going to be on the field in those situations yet?
3: Yeah, exactly. And no, I don't trust that at all. Um, Look, Vegas got them with an implied point total of 18. So they're not looking for much from the Redskins at this point. And like you said, you know, the Eagles should come out flying pretty much. And if they get out to that lead, then how much do we lose Geis? And, yeah, I, I, am, I am having a hard time trying to put him in my week one lineups. I, I'm looking for other aspects. We just don't have any idea what this team is going to look like on the field right now. Heck, we're not even sure who their starting wide receivers are.
2: Yeah, it's insane. Like, I don't know. I did take Trey Quinn in an early draft. I have not touched Paul Richardson. I don't think I took Terry McLaurin either, but is there... Is there anyone you play in deep formats? Is there one that you would take in the final couple rounds do you think someone that could emerge? Maybe not this week, but maybe at some point this season?
3: Well, I did grab Trey Quinn a lot, too. He'd be in the slot. He might be the best receiver out of all of them because he's playing in the slot and may work it to his advantage. And he didn't cost anything in drafts. And I also took some McLaurin. But that's more for when Haskins actually does step up to be the starter because they have a history. You know, if, if Haskins gets on the field as a starter at some point, which I have to imagine he does, you know, he's going to look for the guy that he knows that he's already been thrown to for a couple of years. So I like McLaurin because of that. And again, it didn't cost you anything to grab him. Paul Rich, look, he's a good receiver. He just can't stay healthy.
2: Yeah, that is true for sure. On the Eagles side, I think the biggest thing we're looking at here is the running back situation. You know, Miles Sanders started to move up draft boards. Jordan Howard is there. Darren Sproles. Is Sanders someone that you just don't start yet to see how this backfield pans out?
3: You know what? I, in this game, I'd rather start Howard. Um, look, I understand, oh, Sanders is the new shiny toy and he's explosive and agile, you know, but he still has issues picking up the blitz. He still has issues with ball control. So that's concerning to me. And, you know, if you're reading game script, it looks like Eagles should get out ahead. If they get out ahead, then I could see them relying on Howard to get a lot of, you know, late game work and just trying to run that clock out and look, at behind that great offensive line i still think howard's going to have a good season
2: panthers are hosting the rams rams are two and a half point favorites cam newton not on the injury report if you have cam newton you starting him with confidence this week
3: oh no uh, no uh, no <laughs> no i am not starting him with confidence heck i i definitely have my concerns with cam this year I'm just not a fan of trying to change somebody's throwing motion at this late stage in their career. You know, he's been doing it one way for so long. If he gets in the heat of battle and he's running for his life, I don't expect him to remember to throw it the new way. He's going to throw it the old way, the thing he's been doing for all his life. And that's just going to create more and more talk on his shoulder. So I'm very light on Cam this year. I'm just, I am definitely concerned that he's going to end up re-injuring that shoulder.
2: One of the intriguing games of the week: Jacksonville hosting Kansas City. Kansas City favored by three and a half. Who do you like on Jacksonville this week? Do you think they keep it close? Does this has become a shootout where they have to keep pace with Kansas City? Who are the players you like for Jacksonville?
3: The only one I, re- at this point, look. Furnett should get some early down work. They Vegas is expecting a decently high-scoring game. They got the over/under at fifty and a half. Um, Jaguars are looking at an implied point total of twenty-three and a half. Chiefs are 27 so they're they're looking for some points on the board for Jacksonville I think D.D. Westbrook and Fournette may be the only two that I would look at starting this week outside of that we just don't know
2: Kansas City it looks like Tyree Kill is going to be shadowed by Jalen Ramsey would you still you're going to play him in, in redraft leagues would you play him in DFS thinking hey he might get low on because people see the Ramsey matchup
3: well, that's definitely a consideration. The ownership percentage of percentages would be have to be very low for me to want to take on that role. But he is going to be in play, even with Ramsey there. Look, Ramsey's mouth is bigger than his talent at this point. Uh, last year, he had multiple games where he was getting burned uh, by lesser wide receivers than Hill. So I'm not so much worried about that. I would almost rather, though, uh, go, go try and get Watkins because you can get him for so much cheaper and help you build up the rest of your squad. And, you know, he could be in line for a couple of big plays. He's the kind of guy you got to play him when he's healthy.
2: Talking to Fantasy Taz from ffchamps.com. Kansas City's backfield, it's been a discussion all week. It's a headache. Maybe McCoy is not involved as much week one. Do you play Damian Williams if you have him thinking, okay, this is a week where he should get the bulk of the touches?
3: I am playing him. I have him everywhere. And, yes, I hated that. Pickup of McCoy, uh, you know. There's so many guys out there saying, "Oh, McCoy is done. He's toast. He was terrible last year. and There's no way he's going to, you know, come back and have a great year this year." And you know what? To me, that's just lazy analysis. I hate guys that say stuff like that because that that's just lazy. Um, the fact of the matter is, he could absolutely come back and be. You know, reignited in this offense. He's with a coach who knows him and he knows them. Uh, It's a great offense around him, great system around him and he's playing on a team that could contend for a Super Bowl and not a team that's contending for last place like he was last year. So absolutely, if you don't think this could absolutely get him going and and trying to get him back to where he used to be, I'm not saying he'll get there and I'm not saying he's going to tear it up, but to say he's absolutely not is just lazy.
2: Chargers hosting the Colts. Chargers six-and-a-half-point favorites. Are Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson both good plays this week?
3: Uh, yeah, it, this one's a tough one for me. I'm, I'm having a hard, hard time, but probably will be. I, I mean, Eckler will be the, the favored one. He'll be the one played more because, of course, he's involved in the passing game as well. But Justin Jackson could see that goal line working, you know, Colts' defense is better than it's been in years past, and but uh, and they do have – Vegas has a, a pretty low line at 43 and a half. Look, week one is the hardest week to to guess for, for anybody, trying to figure out what teams are going to do what, because we really haven't seen anything in preseason from these teams that mirrors what they're going to do in the real season. So this, this one's a tough one. I do think, though, I think both of them could be in play, but it would really – you know, I mean, I'd really have – a bad draft if I'm considering starting Justin Jackson in Week One.
2: Seahawks host the Bengals, nine and a half point favorites for Seattle. So this looks like a game they should be in control. We know they want to run the football. Chris Carson obvious start, but is Rashard Penny sneaky this week?
3: He is sneaky, but uh, again, you know, Week One I'm starting the guys I drafted first. Uh, I just am. I drafted them first for a reason. I think the you know the guys that I have strong for this for the year, and they may have a tougher matchup in week one than some of these other guys, but again, I'm, I'm going to start the guys that I drafted early. So right now, I mean, I have Penny in, in a few leagues, and but I just can't see me starting him over some of the other guys I have that I drafted earlier, guys like, you know, Damian Williams or Aaron Jones, who has a tough matchup as well. You know, I still will start those guys over Penny. I think at some point this year, Penny is going to have a big role in this offense. I'm just not sure I'm ready to buy it week one.
2: The Cowboys hosting your Giants. Seven-point favorites for the Cowboys with Ezekiel Elliott back there, although he could only be on the field for 20-25 snaps reportedly, which, I don't know. game competitive matter? Yeah, I mean 20, the game.
3: 20 snaps of uh, Zeke is going to be more than enough to, to decimate the Giants' defense.
2: You really think it's going to be that lopsided?
3: Oh, I do. The Giants' defense is going to be terrible.
2: I hope you're right, but it's a division game, man. And like you said, it's week one. You just don't know. But uh, would you start Tony Pollard this week?
3: Oh, hell no. No. Tony Pollard for me is an instant drop if if I did grab him. I don't really think I have. I think I got him in two leagues. Um, But, yeah, Zeke's back. Zeke's going to get 90% of the work. And that's just the way it is, you know. I don't think Pollard has, unless Zeke gets hurt or gets suspended. I don't think Pollard has any fantasy value this year.
2: How about Jason Witten? And before you laugh, Witten always laugh. Okay, Okay, because Witten crushes the the week. Yeah, I was. I actually, I'm writing an article, and I just thought of it. I'm like a sneaky start. I'm gonna have to put Witten there because he always crushes the Giants. They always struggle against (laughs) those. And you know, you might have. Trey Burton, Jordan Reed, and there's not much on waivers, he could be out there.
3: He should absolutely be out there, and you're right. He always crushes the Giants, and uh, he is definitely a sleeper for me this week. I think he could surprise. He's definitely somebody I'm going to use in some of my DFS lineups.
2: I hope it doesn't happen, man. I got too much Gallup Cooper. I I, I, I can't, man. I, I I don't want to see it. I mean, look, if it helps the Cowboys win, sure. But uh, I got a lot of Gallup uh, in league, so I rather. Well, see let me it.
3: ask you a question because I was having this conversation with somebody else uh, earlier today. What's your thoughts on Cooper? Are you worried about that foot for the season? I mean, they still have we have no clarification whether it's plantar fasciitis or not. You know, if it's some other soft tissue strain or not, we just don't know. But, you know, it it seems to me he's missed quite a bit of time. He's supposedly healthy now and practicing. But are you at least at all concerned about him going forward?
2: Not really. Uh, I think it was Dr. David Chow. He said that he didn't have any concern. And, again, we kind of don't know what it is. I think they said it's a heel. But he said he's played with whatever it is in college and I think his first year in the NFL. So, You know teams are conservative here in the preseason. It sounds like he's good to go, and it sounds like it's just a management issue. So, yeah, maybe he sits a little bit during practice, but uh, I'm not too worried about it. I didn't get him in a ton of leagues, but I'm not too worried about it. Real quick, Lions, Cardinals, who do you like there?
3: I like the the Cardinals. I want to see what they they're bringing to the table. Everybody roasted them because they looked so vanilla in the preseason. But come on, folks, if you thought that that's what they're going to bring out Week One, you're sadly mistaken. I want to see what this offense is going to bring out, and I want to see it because they're going to be home against a Lions team that could be beat. Um, um you know, obviously Vegas doesn't agree. They got the Lions as a favorite here, and I'm just not buying.
2: Yeah, I think that's uh, it will be an interesting game. I want to see the Cardinals' offense uh, really show some things because we know in the preseason they didn't. That is Fantasy Taz. You can find them at ffchamps.com and at Fantasy Taz on Twitter. Thanks for all the hard work and good luck this weekend as we get set for week one.
3: See you later. All
2: right, we'll come back. We'll wrap it up. It is full-time fantasy on the Fantasy
1: Sports Radio Network. Back here, full-time fantasy on the
2: Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here for a few more minutes, getting you set for week one. Pete Carroll said DK Metcalf is a wait and see on how much he will play Sunday. Remember, he had this knee scope a couple weeks ago. I don't think you use him in week one. I did take him in a draft, uh, stashing him on the bench to see what he can do. Look, look there's opportunity there in Seattle. Uh, just not much at the wide receiver position, which is why everyone loves Tyler Lockett this year, because he's going to see an increase in targets this year. And you know, there's just not much depth, so there's an opportunity there for DK Metcalf, especially with Russell Wilson throwing the ball deep. So it's definitely something to uh, to keep an eye on there, um, but not someone I think you start this week. Uh, some other things to keep an eye on this week. You know, I think there are a lot of situations that we don't know about. We talked about some of them. Philadelphia, like what's going to happen in that backfield? And I did draft Miles Sanders in a league as my RB2, but I also have Matt Breida. I'm leaning towards starting Breida. It's a great matchup here with San Francisco against Tampa Bay. It's going to be one of the higher scoring games of the week. At least it should be on paper. Again, that Tampa Bay defense is terrible. So definitely looking uh, at Breida as someone to play this week. Uh, I think we also want to see how Duke Johnson is going to be utilized. I've said it at the time that I feel he is still the back-to-own there in Houston because I don't think they ever had plans to give him 200 carries, and I don't think we need that from him. We need about you know, 140, 150, more than what he was getting in Cleveland, and really to play a big part in the passing game because it does set up, when you look at what the Texans are doing, to become a... Uh, pass-heavy team, you know, with Kenny Stills' addition now, too, uh, and adding Tunsil to the left side of that line. So that would bode well for Duke Josh. It means that he plays more snaps, so I'm looking to see how that pans out. How many snaps uh, does Josh Gordon play on Sunday night. I mean, now he's fine. I did get him in one draft. I wanted to get at least one chair. Got him in round six. Uh, definitely there is risk there. But a lot of questions to be answered in week one. So just make sure you head on over to fulltimefantasy.com. Promo code RONAS50. gets your first two months of the price. one. we'll help you out with any questions you have leading up to week one. And you can still draft all the way up until Saturday night at 11 p.m. Eastern. Play ffwc.com. That wraps it up here. Dr. Roto returns Thursday, 2 p.m. Eastern here on the Fantasy Sports Radio. Radio Network.